Uh, well, good morning. Hi, I'm Randy. By the way, I'm not Bryce. I'm Randy. I'm speaking to you this morning. I was, I was kind of, I was chuckling. I was uh, at home uh, this morning. I just, I started thinking. I remember when I was a kid, and like the preacher was sick or out of town or something, and some old guy would get up and and speak in his place, and you get to church and you go, oh, the old guy's talking. And I was thinking, oh man, I'm that old guy. When did that happen? Anyhow, uh, our, our theme this morning is, is obviously uh, give thanks. And in your, um, in your handout, uh, in the bulletin, there's this, one of these sheets of paper. I'd like everybody to have one. And so if you don't, if you only like got one bulletin for family and you need some more of these, could I get uh, maybe a raise of hands and somebody to... Make sure that uh, we get... Everybody, does everybody have one of these? Does anybody need one? Here. Here, can I get somebody to hand those out? Dan, can you... Would you mind just going around and handing those out? Thank you. I'm wondering if I took my notes upstairs and left them up there. But anyhow, <clears throat> we'll go. We'll go first part here with the, with the introduction introducing the, the the theme, and we'll see if I can... Do it, except my notes also had the scripture, so I better. Can you go up to see the CBH room and see if I put them in there, Bryce? Thanks. They look like uh, notes. So we're going to be in uh, First Chronicles uh, 16. Um, so I. Let me uh, set the stage for this uh, for this scripture. Um, it's 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 First Chronicles 16, and the scene is David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. Okay, and it's a big deal, and you have to understand the backstory and the background to understand why this is such a big deal. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Was um, was the most significant piece of furniture, if you will, in for the the Israelite nation. It was um, God uh, gave the spec- specifications how it was to be designed and what was how to was how it was being built. And it was the Ark of the Covenant was also called the Ark of the Testimony. It is where they put the Ten Commandments. That God gave to Moses, no go, huh? Oh, they're probably in my Bible somewhere, and I just can't find them. Um, at any rate, um, the um, and and the Ark of the Covenant resided in the tabernacle in the most holy place. That and it was essentially God's throne. When he came down on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go into the most holy place and do all the stuff. And I don't, want to, I don't have time to go into all the background there, but the Ark of the Covenant was just incredible to their sense of who they were as a nation and God's presence in their life. And several decades earlier, the Philistine army came and... Uh, Attacked the 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 Israelites and stole, took away the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, that that was huge. That was a huge 
significant blow to their, their national psyche, that the Philistines had taken the Ark of the Covenant. They had taken God's presence, basically, away from the people. And what's interesting in, in, the, in the story is um, the Philistines take it, the Ark of the Covenant, and they take it to their, to their capital city and to their temple of their, their god, Dagon, and they're going to say, okay, we're going to show... We're going to show this 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 God of the Israelites what you know what a real God is like, and so they they take the Ark of the, the Covenant and they put it at the feet of their their God their their idol God Dagon. The next morning, they come in and Dagon is has fallen and is flat on his face in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Like I kind of go, hmm, that's kind of weird. And they put Dagon back up and get him back up. The next morning they come in and Dagon has fallen again. And not only has he fallen with his face to the floor, but his, the head is broken off and the arms are broken off and left, all that's left is the body. Um, long story short, they spend seven months moving the Ark of the Covenant from place to place and everywhere it goes there's death, disease, destruction amongst the Philistine people. And they finally, they finally come to their senses after about seven months and they say, we've got to get this thing out of our country. And so they, um, uh, they uh, find a, a, an, uh, they take it back to Israel. They find an Israel, uh, Israelite named Abinadab, and they give him the Ark of the Covenant, and he and his sons kind of have, uh, they take ownership of the Ark at that point. And in relatively, relative obscurity for the next several decades, that's where the Ark of the Covenant is. Uh, don't know why it stays there, but it does. And um, finally, David uh, David becomes king. This this all happened before Saul was even king, too. All this happened before Saul was king. So Saul became king. He has his reign. David becomes king. He has his reign. So there's several decades has gone uh, has happened, and 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 David establishes Jerusalem as the city of David, the city of God. It's going to be the new, the capital city of the kingdom of Israel. And he, and he builds a special place for the ark. And he's going to go get the ark of the covenant. And this is a big deal. It's a big, big deal. And I was trying to think of something that, there's really nothing similar in our, in our experience, I was trying to think, what would it be like? What, what, what could we liken it to in the United States? Real, there's nothing really similar. The closest I could come up with was if the North Korean army came in and took uh, the Declaration of Independence, the Statue of Liberty, and Lincoln's statue at the Lincoln Memorial or something, and they took it away, you know, the Constitution. Well, I don't know, whatever. Even then, it, it, it's like, well, no, those are our national treasures. That's, that's who identifies us as a people. But... The Ark of the Covenant was even more than that. It was the presence of God. And so you can imagine for all these decades, the sense, the national sense, the presence of God was not with them. And so David, there's other things that go on, but David eventually gets the Ark of the Covenant and he brings it back to Jerusalem with great celebration and fanfare and and. Uh, ceremony and music and dancing. Uh, and there's a story of him dancing, and his wife gets a little upset at him dancing because he's being so crazy and undignified in his dancing. Um, but this brings us to 
um, this text in First Chronicles chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 7. And I'm going to read, it's a long reading, but I'm going to read the entire thing because I think it's important. That day, David first committed to Asaph and his associates this psalm of thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the works. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. O descendants of Israel, his servant, O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no man to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The, word, the world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then the trees of the forest will sing. They will sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God, our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name, that we may glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, they did not say pass the biscuits or pass the manna, but they did say praise the Lord. Isn't this an incredible, this scene of, of the ark being brought into to Jerusalem, and, and David has established this place, and his heart is overflowing with his praise for God. And the, the I guess the focus on this one, and, and what I will want you to think about on these sheets of paper is I'm just going to give you some hints about some focuses for reasons to give thanks. And in this, uh, in this psalm, David um, looks at kind of the big picture 
I mean, the ark is coming in. He doesn't say anything about the ark of the covenant. He doesn't say anything about what has gone on. He's looking kind of this 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 huge big picture, this glorious God, what He has done throughout history, who He is, how He brings salvation, and and His just celebrating His presence. And so the first focus this morning on 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 giving thanks is is just to think about God and who he is, his character. And, and you look through the, this psalm and you see him, David talking about God's love and his faithfulness and his protection and his deliverance, his salvation, um, his, the, his character. And then he talks a lot about what God has done, how he has protected his people and delivered and, and um, how he has watched over them and brought them to this point. And so as we think about Giving thanks. First, we we kind of we look upward and we just look at God and we look at all He is, what He has done, and what He will do, and we give thanks. Let's, all right. All right. Welcome to part two. Uh, several people came up to me and and said uh, we have to leave. Uh, it's not because you're preaching. We have other things we're doing. I don't know if I believe them or not. I think I think I I think I lost a little credibility when I couldn't find my notes. It's kind of like who is this guy? All right, I found my notes. Yay! All right, Woo-hoo. they're right where I left them. What's that, John? <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, let's go start all over. Um. So, um, give thanks. Uh, of course, this this week uh, we celebrate kind of national holiday. But I think you know, as Christians, one of the things, one of our kind of hallmarks is the fact that we're a thankful people. I mean, we have we have so much to be thankful for, and and um, so I hope this morning just. Just to kind of give you a little focus for this week, I, Bryce talked about Thanksgiving traditions over the last several years. One of the traditions that we've had in our families is uh, whether it's uh, we're with my family or Debbie's family or a combination of the two. Typically on Thanksgiving Day, around the table, we'll we'll go around and, and share what we're thankful for on that day. And so um, sometimes though like Bryce says ends up being kind of like a like an inventory list of you know I'm thankful for this I'm thankful for this I'm thankful for that so what I want to do today with 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 this lesson with the handouts for you to jot some notes is maybe bring a little focus to that this week as you think about what 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 if I were to share on Thanksgiving Day uh, why I'm thankful or what I'm thankful for uh, maybe this will help prompt you to uh, to think maybe go a little bit deeper and think about you know what what we're thankful for one of the things um, you know uh, remembrances little signs images things like that are all are all good ways to to remember to be thankful and of course um, one of the things that's happened in our community over the last five weeks is there's been an outpouring of thankfulness to people who um, who saved lives and homes and everything during during the fires and um, I think it's I, I did a little uh, collage here of some photos I took uh, just yesterday just and all the photos were like on a mile two mile radius of my house 
and uh, most of, there's a couple that aren't that are closer uh, to downtown. But anyhow, I just wanted to share with you kind of as a as a way to just I think what a, a powerful thing expressing thanks is uh, in our community. So we had some some um, pictures I just took. Okay. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, uh, we, we thank you for who you are, um, for being our God, for being our Savior and Redeemer, for being our rock, for being so faithful, uh, for loving unconditionally forever and ever, um, for all that you are and for all that you've done. Um, it's um, an incredible list if we were to sit down and start writing down all the things that you've done throughout history and in our own lives. Um, too too many things to, to list. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful um, for our, our community response to disaster and the outpouring of... Uh, of love and and giving and and sacrifice uh, in our community, and I, I pray that as um, as a church, as a Christian community, that that we'll be on the the forefront of of that effort um, to uh, to really be beacons that shine in this in this time of uh, aiding and and supporting and helping, um, and we just we thank you, God, for. Uh, uh, the opportunity to do that. I ask a blessing on on uh, these words that I'm going to share, the scriptures, and I pray that as we enter into this week of, of Thanksgiving, that we can be all the more reminded of of just how blessed we are. Thank you, God. Uh, bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> One of the signs up there was uh, from a local business that I've used over the last oh, 15 years or so. I, I'm not going to say the name of the person of the business because I didn't ask their permission to, to share their, their information. But um, yeah, I was there yesterday, and uh, and it's, it's one of those, I don't know if you have relationships like this, kind of business relationships where you... You know somebody and you, you engage in a business exchange with them and you have like five minute conversations with them. So you never get you never get really deep. But, you know, over the course of doing business with the, with them for for 15 years, 20 years, you kind of get to know the person. They kind of get to know you. And and this particular individual kind of we kind of struck it off uh, immediately because uh, he was wearing Giants gear and I was wearing Giants, San Francisco Giants gear. So I was like, hey, we're baseball fans, hey, uh, you know, and. Over the years, you know, talked about baseball and the Giants and the, you know, and kids and this, that, and the other thing. And it's been interesting over the last five years, something happened in his life, and our the topic of our conversation began to shift, and it began to uh, include faith and God and and those those types of discussions. And uh, and um, so I was. Down at his business yesterday, and had, hadn't been there in about six months, and uh, 
So I said, you know, the first thing you always ask people when you haven't seen them for a while, are you okay, right? Are you okay? Is your family okay? Yeah, we're okay. Are your your family okay? Yeah, we're okay. And and he says, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a rough uh, five you know five six weeks. He goes, last month um, my mother-in-law passed away, and uh, tomorrow is my mother's funeral. And um, my grandson, he's a year and a half, and he just had he had a big lump on his head, and they had to do surgery to remove it. And just going, you know, he's talking about all this stuff, and he and then he paused. He says, you know what? But I've got my family, and I've got, you know, I've got this and this. He says, I, I'm, I have so much to be thankful for. I'm really blessed. And, um, and it's just interesting to watch somebody. When I first started doing business with him, I thought he was a little bit surly and, and kind of cranky, and, 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 and he was, kind of. And, uh, but, I, you know, at some point, faith entered his life, and, you know, he began to change. And, and you see that transformation, and it's... Um, it's really neat then when you're, even though it's not a deep relationship, it's just kind of a kind of surface business relationship when you see it shift from talking about, you know, baseball and kids talking about God and thankfulness and, and uh, you know, as he, he, you know, wished my family well and I, you know, I asked God's blessing on his family as well as I left. And so it was, it was kind of neat. It's a neat thing to to see kind of those doors open in the in I think it, a lot of it has to do with the, the tragedy that's occurred in our community. Um, okay, so give thanks. Uh, second area for giving thanks, uh, we're going to be in uh, the book of Nehemiah next. And um, the context is uh, Nehemiah chapter 12. And the, the, the story is the celebration, rededicating uh, the wall of Jerusalem. Okay, that's, that's the story here. Uh, Nehemiah is, is assembled uh, the people of Jerusalem and they're going to dedicate the wall of Jerusalem. Now, similar, it's, it's, it's really important to know the background story uh, to understand, to, to really grasp the significance and the context of this story in Nehemiah 12. Um, so if... if um, if you go back in history about 150 years or so from this point, uh, the, um, there was over a series of events spanning about 20 years, the, suburb, the southern tribe of Judah began to be overthrown by enemy forces. Uh, and then finally, in 586 B.C., the holy city of Jerusalem, after two years of being under siege by the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar, the city walls were broken through. After two years of siege, they had, they had starved the people, basically. Uh, and uh, they bo- broke through the, 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 the uh, city walls. Uh, the city and the temple were ransacked. The temple was burned in the ground. The city was pretty much laid to waste. Uh, many were killed. Uh, most were exiled to Babylon and a small remnant remained in Jerusalem under Babylonian rule. So that's, that's what happened 150 years ago. And God, you know, basically, God says, this, your disobedience is, is allowing this to happen. And so it comes to pass, just as God had, had said it would, it comes to pass, and the, uh, the Babylonians come in and they, they decimate Jerusalem. They take all of the important things out of the temple they, and of the city. They burn it to the ground essentially, and it is laid to waste, and the people are, are in exile. 
I mean, you, you just, I mean, if you just contemplate that for a moment, what would it be like? I mean, just having, you know, fires burn 5% of our city is, is a tremendous thing. Having your whole city completely wiped out and people taken away uh, is, uh, again, uh, just this national trauma. They, they're no longer a people. They're exiled to another country. Now, 50 years later, after the Babylonian Empire was overthrown by the Persian Empire, uh, the first group of exiles began to return to Jerusalem. And then over the course of the next 100 years, more exiles would return to Jerusalem under the leadership of both uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. So, so first, Zerubbabel returned with a group and started rebuilding the temple. You have Ezra and Nehemiah, Ezra and Nehemiah bringing groups of, of exiles back um, to Jerusalem. The rebuilding of the temple under Zerubbabel began in 536 B.C. and was completed in 516 B.C. So it took 20 years for the temple to be rebuilt. And then, under Nehemiah's leadership, and when he brought a group of exiles back uh, several decades later, um, that was in 445 B.C., he began the project of rebuilding the city walls. And you think about the, the city, this was a fortress city, right? I mean, they were, these walls were huge. In less than two months, they rebuild the entire city, the wall around the city. And you read the story, Nehemiah is a great read, by the way. Just, it's, it's not a long book, but just to see, I mean, I'm sure Dev probably got all sorts of business lessons out of, out of uh, the book of Nehemiah. It's just, it's really an incredible read to see how, what a leader Nehemiah was and how he, he motivated, inspired, and, and led the, these, these people, uh, the strategy employed, to get this wall built. So they get the wall, and this is an incredible thing. Okay, the temple's been rebuilt, but it, the city's exposed to, to further attack, and so they get the, they get the wall built, and, and it's, it's a city again. It's a city again. The temple's built, the walls are built, and, and it's a city again. And so Nehemiah uh, wants to dedicate uh, the, the, the new wall. And so this is the story of that dedication in Nehemiah chapter 12, starting in uh, verse 27. Again, it's a little bit of a long reading, but we need to do it to understand the, the situation. For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem... The Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers were brought together from the region around Jerusalem and from the villages of the Naphtites. They also began from Beth Gogal and the rural areas near Geba and Asmaveth. For the singers had built their own settlements around Jerusalem. The priests and Levites were pure, first purified themselves, then they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. So it was quite a, quite a big ceremony they were doing. I led the leaders of Judah to the top of the wall and organized two large choirs to give thanks. Or, I mean, on top of the wall, you've got these huge... You have, you have to think how, how wide that wall was to, to have large groups of people on top of the wall. I don't know. Does anybody know how, how wide the wall was? I don't know how. It had to be pretty wide. At least probably half the size of this room, or if not bigger. Um, 
and so, yeah, it had houses. They did have houses on it. So anyhow, probably the size of, of this room. So, uh, so they have two large choirs to give thanks. One of the choirs proceeded southward along the top of the wall to the dung gate. Hoshahiah and half the leaders of Judah followed them, along with Ezariah, Ezri, Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah. Then came some priests who played trumpets, including Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of Mathaniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zakur, a descendant of Asaph. We recognize that name, Asaph, from the first, the psalm that David did? He was for Asaph, right? And Zechariah's colleagues were Shemaiah, Azrael, Melali, Gilai, Mai, Nathanael, Judah, and Hanani. I probably butchered all those names. They used the musical instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led this procession. At the fountain gate, they went straight up the steps on the ascent of the city wall toward the city of David. They passed the house of David and then proceeded to the water gate on the east. And so that was the that was the south procession. The second choir, giving thanks, went northward around the other way to meet them. I followed them together with the other half of the people along the top of the wall, past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall, then past the Ephraim gate to the old city gate, past the fish gate and the tower of Hananel, and onto the tower of the hundred. Then we continued on to the sheep gate and stopped at the guard gate. The two choirs that were giving thanks, then proceeded to the temple of God where they took their places. So did I, together with the group of leaders who were with me. We went together with the trumpet playing priests, Eliakim, Messiah, Miniam, Micaiah, and others, and the singers, Messiah, Shammai, Elazar, Uzi, Uzi, Jehoahan, and others. They... <laughs> They played and sang loudly under the direction of Jezrahiah, the choir director. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day, for God had given the people cause for great joy. The women and children also participated in the celebration, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. I wonder how far away. I wonder if it was like, like miles and miles. It'd be like us celebrating and the people in Roner Park saying, hey, what's that noise? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the noise and the celebration? And uh, what, just what a great scene this was. You just imagine all these people and all these musical instruments and two choirs just, their whole purpose was to give thanks. That was their job, was to give thanks. These two huge choirs and musicians and leaders. And... It just the 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 joy and the excitement and the noise and they were so filled with joy the restoration was complete it had been completed the temple had been rebuilt the city had been rebuilt and now the walls were rebuilt and they were complete again they were restored I often think about that. You know, they were so just to have their city rebuilt. They were so excited. They were so filled with joy. The restoration was complete. And I think about sometimes I was thinking about you know when we come together to worship, what are we celebrating? We're we're celebrating the restoration of our lives, and we're being re, and we're redeemed. And sometimes I wonder if we really grasp that from a, the, you know from in our worship in our, in our way that we express our, our joy and our praise and our thanksgiving to God just something to think about but 
as we focus on on giving thanks this week, uh, I want to just think about restoration, what that what that word means. Uh, and as the as the first part we talked about looking looking upward and looking at God, this part kind of think we take a little bit maybe of a personal inventory and say restoration. What is it? What brokenness has God fixed in my life? And take a little bit of a personal inventory. What what brokenness has God fixed in my life? What are some of the what are some of the the mess ups and the mistakes and the and the errors I've made or or just wrong decisions? What are what are some of those things that He has redeemed? And in the case, just as in the case of rebuilding and restoring the wall that was was destroyed, the city that was destroyed because of Israel's disobedience or the people, their yeah, their their lack of faith and their lack of following God, that they're celebrating this restoration. And there's a lot more that goes on in this book. And when they 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 repent of their their past mistakes and they and they they read the book of law and they're so excited to hear. The reading of the book of the law, and they're just—they're so excited to have restoration. It just overflows into their lives of joy and thanksgiving. And so, as we think about that in our own lives, our own personal, how have we been restored? How have we been redeemed? And what are the what are the areas of our lives that we can identify and and we look back and say, this was broken and God fixed it. I messed up and God fixed it. This relationship was damaged and God fixed it. Look at all the things as we go through. Um, our walk with God that he has fixed and repaired and redeemed. And for that, we give thanks. And then the final thing I want to look at uh, today as far as giving thanks is, is relationships. And um, so the texts for this are several of, I'm looking in the New Testament now, Paul's correspondences with, uh, with churches and, and the people in those churches. And so we just, I have, uh, let's see, one, two, I think six, three, four, five, six, six readings uh, from various uh, of Paul's correspondences. I'm just going to read through them. I, I'm not going to comment on, on, on them individually, but collectively as a group. Romans 16, 3 and 4. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus, in fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Ephesians 1, 15-17 Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Colossians 1, 3 through 6. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news 
this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 3 and 4. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness in all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. It just strikes me as Paul writes these letters, just the depth of his of his sincere love and appreciation for these people. And he, and he uh, as in the case of in Romans, when he talks about Priscilla and Aquila, he, he goes through this whole long list of people to, to greet and the reasons he wants to greet them. And these relationships, these, these people that have partnered with him and worked with him, are sources of thanksgiving for him. He says, I can't help but give thanks when I think of you. And I, th- I think about that in our... Uh, the importance of the people that God has placed in our lives. And, and um, just as we, um, as we start thinking about the people that God has placed in our lives and being thankful for the specific things that those people have, have meant to us, uh, you know, as you make this inventory of, of people, who are the people in your life that inspire you and guide you, care for you, protect you, defend you? bless you and love you and you kind of look around this room and and we have those relationships in this room and we have this relationships with people out, obviously outside this room with with family and other places and all through our life we have these people that have meant so much to us and have partnered with us in our in our faith walk um and as you think, think about the specific, not just, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so was nice to me or something. But really take time, perhaps even, as you think about being around some of those people on Thursday or this week, or maybe throughout the weekend, take the time to say, thank you for filling the blanks. I thank God every time I think of you because of what you've meant to me. And, and, and take the time to take that step a little bit deeper than just saying, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I've got a house over my head, which we're thankful for that. Um, so just to kind of kind of wrap up some thoughts and as we pr- pr- prepare for going into this week of Thanksgiving, um, as we focus on the reasons we have to be thankful, look upward, remembering, that, remembering all the great characteristics of God and what he's done throughout history, in our own lives to demonstrate his love and faithfulness to us. Look inward. Recognize the incredible work of restoration and redemption that God has done and continues to do in our personal lives. And then look outward to the incredible relationships God has given us to enrich and bless our lives. Um, I want to just... I wanted to hopefully make take a few minutes, and I think we got just a few minutes. I don't know if anybody would be willing to share 
as as we've gone through this, looking at God and what He's done, looking at our own personal lives and looking at those around us. Does anybody have anything that they've already written down or are thinking about writing down that they would like to share what they're thankful for and why they're thankful? I know I've kind of pushed that out. It's like, ah, don't make me tired. But anyhow, I was, just, I was curious. Anybody willing to kind of share uh, kind of anything that might be on your list? You know, uh, when we go through trials and tribulations and everything, we don't know our occurrences. And I, I'm thankful for my families, mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Church families here, what I've been through, and uh, it's tough. We, we know the holiday is going to be the hardest for yeah. a lot of us. Yeah. But thankful for food on our table. Yeah. Amen. Thankful for shelter yeah. in our homes. Yes. We have a place to go to. That's what I'm sure of. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Brother Dan. Yeah. And God bless you as you as you endure this holiday without Benita for the first yeah. time. That's those are always tough times. Those those first holidays without your without your loved ones. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, I haven't talked about this much, but I was on my deathbed three different times in the world uh, from crime and drugs and garbage. And uh, God took a look at me and he said, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, I don't want to live. And I had a death wish multiple times. And... Uh, he, he took one look at me, he said two things, basically. He says, A, he's not ready for me, yeah. and B, I'm not ready for him. Yeah. And uh, so he kind of threw me back. And and the first couple of times he threw me back, I, I was kind of shaking my fist at him. Why did you do this? Why didn't you just take me and get it over with? And then the third time he threw me back, I kind of got it, and I said, well, well, um, he threw me back for a reason. And all I got to do was figure it out. So now, fast forward 25 years later, I have four daughters, four sons, four, married to four sons, <laughs> um, five grandchildren, one great-grandchild, uh, a wife that puts up with me for a Amen, amen, yeah. And uh, uh, a job, a business, a home, uh, just on and on and on with all kinds of relationships. You folks, you put up with me for a lot of years, you know, and uh, and I'm, I'm blessed being here. Uh, I, I don't normally talk about this yeah. stuff, whatever reason, I don't know why I'm, but I guess now I'm coming out of the closet. Yeah. About it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Not that closet. Yeah. Get my closet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uh, just real thankful. Uh, thank, you. Thank, thank you, God. Thank you, Bob. Right, well, great. Just, you know, this, that restoration, that redemption, it is incredible. All of our lives, you know, some more dramatic than others. Some of us, you know, a lot of us, most of us did stupid things in our, before we, um, you know, before we started walking with, with, with the Lord. So, any other? Maybe time for one more? What's that? Oh, sorry, I didn't see you. Uh, I'm just really thankful during the fire, all my family, pretty much all of them, yeah. and extended, came to our home because it was a safe haven. And I'm just, it was an occurrence 
at a time when the, we had this big, we had to live in this big giant empty house. We're empty nesters. Yeah. And I had three different sets of family members and two more dogs and another extended part of their family and their baby. And it just looked like this warm sense of thankfulness that even though I wasn't losing or possibly losing a house, it was an incredible peaceful feeling of this is what, you know, for such a time as this yeah, yeah. is why we have this, we have this house. It was a very blessed time. Even though we were going through this terrible tragedy, not knowing if my son and daughter-in-law's house and her parents' house was gone, and yet it was, for me personally, I can only say it was a very peaceful, wow, I'm so thankful. Wonderful. And I still am. Yeah. I'm very thankful. I still have that house. And whatever's going to happen with it, God has blessed us. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, did everybody, I don't know if everybody heard Susie or not. Did, did you get everybody hear her back there? Okay, good. All right. Well, yeah, so much to be thankful for in the midst of tragedy. All right. Did you, did you have something, Deb? I was just thinking when you talked the word, you said inspire up there. I was, I, mine went immediately to some of the men are no longer with us, but really uh, kind of inspired me. And one was Clay Stewart. Yeah. And uh, Bill Ping. And, uh, Art yeah, and Art Belly. Yeah, and Art. Leo. Well, Art had to inspire everybody. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, well, I... Uh, just kind of to wrap up, may there be no shortage of reasons to offer Thanksgiving during this week. May you be blessed in all of your Thanksgiving celebrations. And um, we're going to have a... We're going to sing a song here. And um, just if there's an, uh, any other needs that you have that you want to express to the body, um, we celebrate our the new birth with Amanda. Yes. We're so excited to have um, her family uh, with us, and uh, there's so much to be thankful for. Um, so if you have a need, if if uh, if you um, want to express any anything to the the leadership, they'll they'll be up here, and we're gonna sing the song. So let's stand and sing.